Ciao ragazzi and welcome back to the Serie A sit-down. I'm Frank Ravello, your host. We're talking Calcio, told like it is. We are a podcast of World Football Index. Joining me as always, Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. Uh, how are we doing tonight? Uh, better than Parma and Cagliari are doing. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they're, well, maybe they're doing better than me. They might still be on uh, holiday So uh, after how their games went. Um, uh, during the week, you know, during on Monday, it was crazy. They came back and did a Sunday Monday, but I guess uh, yeah, Monday was a holiday. It was an epiphany, and I think they tried to the epiphany. So that's and that's, that's celebrated in Italy, and I think they wanted to have a slate similar to what they do on Boxing Day. I can only I can only guess. I don't know what uh, Lega Calcio or anybody over there think anymore. So, um, you know, but I think that that's kind of kind of where it was at. So. Um, other than, otherwise, hey, um, aside from that, we, we got what? We got Lazio winning late again. We had uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roma taking a whole bunch of shots and not scoring. We had, we had red cards. We had old men scoring goals. Uh, and a typical week of Serie A, right? Yeah, tripleta by Ronaldo, too. It's a crazy weekend. Lots of beautiful goals, mostly by one team, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, shame on me for forgetting about Ronaldo's hat trick. Oh, no. Well, the ponytail threw you off, you know. The the man can he man cut man. that can he cut that <laughs> fucking thing already? Holy cow! That is the most. I, you know, that's just what has happened to us. You know, as a society, that that we look at that and say, "Yeah, that's fine." I mean, seriously, he can do what he wants. He's Ronaldo. <laughs> I, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just old. Maybe I'm just old and grouchy. I'm going to be forty five years old this year. And you support and Milan, looking, so you well. Yeah, that too. So, um, you know, speaking of which, let's just get that one. Let's just get that one out of the way. Uh, the the stories that are being cooked up about uh, Louis Vuitton owner uh, Bernard Arnault. Yeah, uh, did I pronounce that right? Merci. Oui. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I even know what that means. <laughs> I know what. I, hey, I know what the. I know what. I know what's French for croissant too. So, uh, but anyway. Uh, uh, Bernard Arnault is rumored to be tabling a bid to buy AC Milan from Elliott Group. The, yep. the, the bid is rumored to be $975 million. Um, there's n- not a peep uh, from the Arnault camp. And one of the things that somebody pointed out is that when there is a story uh, involving them, then they want to quash it. They typically quash it within 24 hours. Yes. Um, so I, that was interesting. Uh, Elliot has said nothing, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want, I don't, you know, I'm not going to raise any expectations because, like I said on Twitter, when I wanted to look at all of this and when this was first brought to my attention, right? I did the Google search, and the majority of the hits were AC Milan blog sites and fan sites that were reporting this, and there wasn't like uh, you had to dive pretty deep to find something concrete from an actual news source. So yeah, yeah. Um, that would be wonderful to see the third richest man in the world take over AC Milan with his $110 billion net worth or whatever it is, but I'm tempering my expectations for now. Yeah, uh, exactly. He is. Uh, if if it were to come true, it would be a fantastic move. But um, but you know, kind of alluding to what you said earlier about you know both camps tend to quash things, especially um, Arnaud's uh, camp tends to quash things. They did it back in early, I think September or October. 
Uh, the rumors were circulating, and he came out right away and said, we have no interest in, in buying AC Milan. Um, he's like, oh, but uh, maybe that sparked interest in who knows. Uh, and so the rumor is that he, you know, he put a bid out there, which is, which is nothing for him. It's chump change for him. So, um, and then the, I guess the rumor continues is, you know, if he were to, per, if it were to come to fruition, he would put a lot of money into the club. But like you said, there's not many credible sources out there. I, the, the most credible thing I saw was maybe like Fox Deportes or something like that. But that's that's it. Most of them were Milan blogs, like you said. So uh, we'll just wait and see on that. Um, it would be great not only for for Milan but also the league. Uh, to actually get Elliot out of the out of out of the out of the league and and actually have a, an owner who wants some, to do something well with the team, but we'll see. Uh, until then, we're just gonna uh, let it let it do what it's got to do. But like you said, the silence on both ends right now is is, is uh, piques your interest as a Milan fan. So uh, we'll just it'll be certainly a wait and see. I'm not gonna be I'm, I'm not optimistic like you said. I'm just gonna if it happens, great. But I'm not I'm expecting this not to happen. So yeah, and the other thing that I find interesting on this. Um you know, I mean, you made your comment about Elliot and hoping Elliot gets out of there. I mean, yeah, eventually Elliot's buying this to sell it. There's no, yeah. no question about that. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm not so harsh on them because I think that they have brought at least a stability, some degree of stability to the club yeah. that was much needed after the whole fiasco with Rosanetto Sports Luxembourg and Lee Young Hong and oh, um whether that Twitter account is real or fake, and yeah. I don't know how many followers he even has anymore. I'm not following it, uh, but um, you know, it's 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 worth paying a little bit of attention to, but not worth something to get geeked about just yet. So um, when one one of Elliot or Arnold or both come together and say come out and say, yeah, this is happening, or we've we're in negotiations. Um, Talks are ongoing. Everybody stay patient. We're hoping to own the team by this period. So, right. yeah. you know, uh, you know, until you get it from them, you know, it's it's just something to have a little fun with, I guess. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, let's uh, let's get to the action that uh, took place on the pitch, Richard. Uh, an interesting slate um, in terms of returning. They did a Sunday Monday slate. It appears on Monday they. Monday was the epiphany, um, and I think that uh, Syria might have wanted to do a slate that was, well, like like Boxing Day for the Premier League, uh-huh. um, you know. So ugh, I don't, you know, fine, uh, you know, but um, you know, just was weird that it was a Sunday Monday and not a Saturday Sunday. Uh, but I think that that's the the reasoning for that. Um, People that listen and want to chime in at City I Sit Down on Twitter can clarify that officially because that's what I thought that I read. But anyway, there were four games on Sunday, and I'll, I'll kick us off. It was with uh, Brescia and Lazio. Um, it was uh, Lazio winning this by two goals to one. Mario Balotelli scoring in the 18th minute. It's kind of a goal of the week candidate, the way he had to uh, use his body to get away from the defender, the ball. Uh, going over the top and then just volleying it down with some control to score. That put Brescia ahead by a goal to nil. Um, and then there would be a penalty uh, late in the first half. Uh, in the 39th minute, uh, Andrea Cistana is shown red, a second yellow, uh, after taking down uh, Caicedo in the penalty area. Uh, no issue with the penalty call, no issue with the second yellow uh, in that instance. Uh, Immobile steps up in the 42nd minute, converts the penalty. Um, Lazio dominated this game, 64% possession, outshot Brescia 19-6, to uh, but would not get the winner until the 91st minute, and that came through Chiro Immobile as well. Lazio winning 
again. Lazio winning late again. Ciro Immobile getting a brace. And, and Richard, have I mentioned that he was my pick for Capo Cananieri? No, I think I missed that. <laughs> it, you know, it's a new year. Maybe you maybe you erased everything from 2019 as a Milan fan. That's exactly. fine. I had to reload my my memory there. I keeping that. I'm, I kept that one. I carried that one over the line. Uh, so. Uh, so he's still uh, he's still well ahead in the Capocan and Yeti race. Uh, Lazio two, Brescia one. Uh, Spal nil, Verona two. Uh, Hellas Verona dusted off Gianpaolo Pazzini, uh, and he scored a goal of the week candidate in the 14th minute. Yeah. Um, uh, Tomovic for Spal uh, shown red in the 38th, uh, and then it was Mariusz Stempinski. Uh, with a goal in the 85th to seal it off for Ivan Juric's men and Hellas Verona. They win 2-0. Spall in big, big trouble. Uh, Genoa 2, Sassuolo 1. Uh, yeah, it was Sassuolo. It wasn't Celtic uh, that was playing at the Marassi. Don't be fooled by the hoops. Um, <laughs> Crescito with a penalty in the 29th minute. Um, and then a very well-worked team goal. What else is new with Sassuolo? It was Obiang in the 33rd uh, to level the scoring in at 1-1. Uh, and then this kind of this game kind of went back and forth, and there were chances for both teams. But then it was Goran Pandev at the age of 75. Um, and that was an old man goal, if there ever was one. Yeah. Uh, in the 86th win, <laughs> yeah, giving a Genoa 2-1 win uh, over Sassuolo. But he'll take it. They count all the same. Uh, they count the same as all those Atalanta goals that were scored on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Domenico Berardi finished the match by saying something about the referee's mother and got sent off uh, for it. Um, Roma nil, Torino two. Um, had a little dig at Italian football TV because they put up a graphic that said that uh, that uh, Roma had 31 shots, which they did. But he thought that they they had them for I think 19 on target or something like that. And I said, wait a second. Sudeikis is good. He's not that good. Um, had seven, had, Roma had seven on target, but still 31 shots. My goodness. Sudeikis was amazing. Seven saves. But uh, Gallo Bellotti, uh, goal of the week candidate in the 47th minute, which was the 42nd minute of stoppage time in the first half. Uh, and then a penalty against Smalling. Uh, just kind of an unfortunate incident. He had blocked a shot from Bellotti, and then the ball bounced, and he, had a, he just kind of got his arm out and just struck the ball. Still a handball, and, and Serie A has somewhat consistently called that uh, and variations of that. So, I mean, if they've been consistent in anything, they've at least been consistent at that. And Belotti converts the penalty, giving Torino the 2-0 win and allowing Walter Mazzotti to keep the house in Turin for another week. Uh, so those were the four games that took place on Sunday. And the headliner of these four games, Richard, has to be Lazio. They've done it again. They continue to be a thing in this uh, Scudetto race. They're not going away quietly. And and they're doing it late. Um, it was uh, a, a dominant performance from them here against the Brescia team that has been struggling down the stretch. But uh, uh, let's talk about Lazio here and their win over Brescia. Dare I say, resourceful Lazio? They're uh, they're finding ways to win no matter what, especially late. Uh, very reminiscent of uh, uh, the reigning champion and how they've done in the past. Not saying that they're going to win the Scudetto this year. I'm just saying they're finding ways to win. Uh, finding it late, and it's not always Chori Mobile. Sometimes Casado. Sometimes it's Correa. It's it's the whole the whole team really helping out. But in this instance, it was uh, Chori Mobile. And yeah, Lazio. They're continuing to feed off of their. Uh, excellent performance in the first half of the season. Their excellent performance in the Supercopa. Uh, they're they're they got confidence. That's no doubt about it. Inzaghi's got these guys pumped. 
Um, and they believe they can win the game at any point, no matter what the scoreline is, no matter what minute it is. So uh, that's, that's a great sign that there's great chemistry on the team. Uh, and they're going to be a very, very threat, uh, a big threat to both uh, the two top teams in the league right now, Inter and Juventus. So, um, yeah, Immobile finding ways to get it done. I mean, some guys in this league are having great seasons, like Lukaku and stuff like that, but it means nothing compared to what Immobile is doing at the moment. He is just doing – he's picking up where he left off before the holidays, and uh, it's great to see him score goals because he's so happy when he does it. Um, so, yeah, great stuff by Lazio. I, I thought the lineup was unique uh, this time around. I mean, there's nothing unique about Lazio. They play three five two, but they uh, they don't start. They don't have Luis Alberto. So Joaquin Correa, uh, you know, when you look at certain lineup cards and things like that, sits in the midfield um, with Parolo and with Sergey. And notably here, Sandro Tonali it was not one of his finer days uh, yeah. for Brescia. Um, 40 touches and 12 lost possessions. Uh, you usually see better from a deep-lying playmaker like Tonali and obviously a guy who's got the attention of a lot of clubs uh, in Serie A but also across Europe uh, You know, as being a midfielder that uh, will be on the move in the summer. Um, but uh, when you look at this, it tells you, okay, Correa's there to get to Tonali or a combination of these midfielders are there to get to Tonali and Parolo's kind of in the position to back up, I mean, Sergei too. Um, and I think that that kind of threw Tenali off, in my opinion, because um, we usually see better performances from him, even when Brescia are poor. Uh, so it was just worth noting. Uh, disappointing from Tenali, uh, you know, but an interesting look here from Simone Inzaghi within that three-five-two that he played. Yeah, and it, you know, trying to get some fresh legs in there, or just trying to get some little bit of rotation, get everybody a, a chance at the blood, I guess. Uh, and it's working. It seems like whatever Inzaghi is doing at the moment is working. It doesn't matter if it's his A lineup or just tinkering with things here and there or it's a B lineup. Uh, it's all working in the league. So um, that's great stuff, great great, uh, great chemistry with the team, and, and they're really feeding off. I mean, Correa, he's a very versatile player. He's not, just a, he's not just a striker. He can obviously play in the midfield as well, and he, he seemed to link up very well with uh, SMS and, and Parolo, and um, you would have never thought that he was in the midfielder all, all season long. So... Uh, really, really good stuff by Lazio, and they're they're very dangerous at the moment. Indeed, indeed. So another win for Lazio puts them third on 39 points with a game in hand. There is a uh, noteworthy uh, noteworthy mention for Brescia at least here. Uh, Balotelli scores a goal, first goal in 2020, first goal in the, in the 20s, I guess. He also had the first goal in the in the 10s, 2010s. So yes, um, yeah, that's, uh, not many people can say that. So at least he can say that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so uh, interesting and uh, noteworthy moment there. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, aside from that, not a whole lot to get excited about when you look <laughs> when you look at Brescia on the day. Uh, Verona two 0 over Spall. Uh, how about Pazzo? <laughs> yeah, man, he can still score. Yeah, great header, great header. Yeah, that's probably why Milan brought back Ibra. Is seeing all these old guys scoring? <laughs> we come on in here. Um, Verona is sitting in eleventh. And they have a game in hand, and that's that match with Lazio that they got to make up. Um, and uh, this is a game where, you know, it was it was what you expect from a uh, Verona side. They let Spall have a little bit more of the ball, you know, as evidenced by the 55% possession. Even when uh, Tomovic was sent off, Verona decided, okay, they're going to have the ball. They're going to carve out some chances. We're going to tr- we're just going to go ahead and hit them on the break, and they looked useful. Um, but there are some pieces here that I think could get 
could draw some interest here uh, from some of the maybe even mid-level clubs here in Serie A, yeah. uh, you know, to some of the upper-level clubs. Uh, Valerio Verde is having a decent season for them. Um, so he's one guy that definitely comes to mind. He is, you know, yeah. he's got a couple of goals this season, but he creates chances. Um, you know, he doesn't give the ball away too much. Uh, and, uh, seems to have a, a decent skill set to him. So he's a guy I like, yeah. um, Davide Faraoni is definitely someone that has also, uh, found a little bit of a resurgence, uh, since, since playing at Verona, if I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was at Kievo last season. He was part of that, yeah. uh, nightmare, uh, Matias Akanye, um, though maybe not one of his finer games, uh, you know, created a couple of nice chances. He had the yellow card. Um, but another player that you take a look at, he's 24 years of age. Um, you know, somebody that's not going to crack the Atsuri anytime soon, but a guy that could possibly be useful. Um, at what point do we start giving maybe a few of these Verona players some attention? Because nobody, I, I think nobody expected mid table from this team, um, or are we maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here? Is this a Verona that is just pulling out of their skin right now and it's eventually going to come back down to earth? I'm inclined to lean towards the latter there. Uh, I want to give it another month to see if they can still have have some stick with it uh, and, and remain where they're at or, or get up higher. Um, they had a fantastic first half of the season for them. No one expected them to be as high as they are. Uh, the defense really is what you know bailed them out, and they're one of the top defenses in the league. Goal, you know, goal allowed. Uh, if you use that statistic, but yeah, I mean, I, there's, they're doing some good stuff right now. No, no doubt about it. We talked about earlier on the season how Vede was probably should should be a focal point for Verona if they want to do anything because he's such a, a a skilled, talented uh, young player. So um, it seems like he he's still continuing on and, at, at the pace that he was he started out the season with. But I, I'd like to see another month go with um, Verona continue on in this progression. If they if they're still you know pretty steady and getting wins. Uh, Doing well, then I'm gonna make. I'm a believer of them, and most people should stand up and look at the players that they have because the players are playing really well. We'll see. January tends to be a difficult month for many teams, and this one you get to really see the true team come out. Uh, we've seen you know big teams in the in the past falter many times, uh, so we'll see. Let's 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 see what happens in February. If they're still where they're at or better, we know they're for real. Otherwise, maybe it was just a a, a great start by them. Genoa. Um... Huge win for them. New manager, Davide Nicola, after they sacked Tiago Mota. Tiago Mota didn't last very long. Yeah. Um, lasted maybe a tick longer than uh, Grosso lasted at uh, Brescia. Um, you know, so – and they start with a win. Uh, Mattia Perrin returns on loan and plays in goal. Uh, Valon Berami arrived, and also he, he came on and made a substitute appearance. Um <laughs> A good game from Ivan Radovanovic, who was in our crab on our cracker team. So maybe he, he uh, yeah, maybe he heard our podcast and decided to get going. <laughs> um, but you know, Davide Nicola did this with Crotone. I mean, it prompted you to buy that jersey, and then he did that nice, you know, that bike ride up uh, up Italy. Yeah, um, you know, and everything that goes with it. So if there's anybody that's equipped to help get a team out of a jam like the one Genoa is in, it is Nicola. And uh, he's gotten off to the right start here uh, against the Sassuolo team that has given a lot of people problems this season. Yeah, and it, you know it's funny how the game-winning goal happened. Uh, Panda falling over and the ball just hits him and goes in, but they don't care. You saw how, how you saw how much that that win meant to the team. They got together, they really embraced each other. The fans loved it. it it's a great way to start his uh, his tenure there. And uh, like you said, he knows how to do 
know, get teams out of relegation and and uh, and and stay up. And so that's the, really the hope with with Genoa there that he can do that there. Uh, the team's really responding so far. Uh, you know, let's see this continue on. Uh, Sassuolo is never an easy fixture. They you know, they, they can be very good. They're very attractive playing football. Uh, they all their goals always seem to be beautiful team goals. So uh, it's a it's a it's a very impressive win. It's, yes, it's at home, but hey. Uh, a win is a win. Doesn't matter how you get it off your face or off your foot. Uh, a goal is a goal, and so uh, much deserved win for them. And it was almost all for naught because uh, the Jurdicic thought he got the game winner, and then that got called back for the handball. But um, they responded well. Uh, and you know, Pandev, God bless his seventy-five-year-old heart, to be able to run that late game <laughs> and, and get that goal. So <laughs> good stuff. How, by how old is he? I have to look at this just to make sure. Thirty-six. Okay. I was gonna say he's probably twenty-six and looks fifty. Yeah, yeah. There's no way he's 36 looking like that. He's younger than me. Jeez. Yeah, he's I younger than you. Myself. There you go. There you go. I, you know, I, I feel all right about myself looking at yeah. when I look at Goran yeah. Pondo. So, but then he also plays. He also plays football and makes a lot more money than I do. So, he weighs <laughs> so a lot less than us too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I guess he can look any way he wants. <laughs> um, Genoa. They're gonna get out. I mean, they're too good. Um, and right now the level on points with Brescia on 14 points, and then there's Lecce at 15. You know, I ultimately think that when I look at the bottom of the table, and we're going to talk about some of these other teams here shortly, Richard, I don't know if Verona is going to have this epic collapse and all of a sudden find himself in a scrum. Uh, has this team play, has that team playing relatively organized enough. So I look at a Brescia team that seems to be struggling week in and week out. I see a Lecce team that I think is going to – you know, have their wheels fall off a little bit. And I'm finding that Lecce, Brescia, Spal are going to be the three that go down. I think that Ranieri is going to get Sampdoria to a comfortable level. I don't see Fiorentina with all the talent they have uh, being in this much trouble for too much longer. And, and Sassuolo, same thing. I think they're too good. So, I mean, it, it seems to be written to me, and I know that there's 20 games to go and a lot can happen, but I, I'm pretty comfortable in saying with 20 games left – that Lecce, Brescia, and Spall are going to be the teams that go down. I like Genoa to come out of this. I think Nicola is going to get them out. I think that's a. I think it's a fair shout. If you look at those four clubs, the team with the most talent on their squad at the moment is Genoa. Uh, they got a lot, they got really some good talent there. Obviously, we talked uh, at length about Christian Kwame, but I mean they got so many other players on their team that are 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 very good. And obviously, Goran Pandev can still score goals. So. Um, Spal, they got Andrea Patania and some other guys, some of the pieces here and there. Brescia, same same thing there. And Lecce, you know, Mancosu is having a, a fantastic season, and some other players are chipping in, but those three teams are really lacking, and, I, and I'm agree with you at the moment. Um, those three teams seem the most uh, likely to go down at this point because, you know, Genoa is probably going to be saved off, and Sampdoria, you, gotta, you have confidence in them that they're playing much better recently, getting draws, but they're still getting points. And Fiorentina, even if they have Iakini now, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get out of the relegation fight. I think Roma's just gonna chalk this up to on another night they win this game. I mean, this ends a five match unbeaten run for them in Serie A, seven matches and seven match unbeaten in all comps. Um, I mean, but you look at the performances; everybody was really good. Uh, Pellegrini's been outstanding. Uh, Jacko created chan- was was getting chances. Florenzi actually had a somewhat decent game here for Roma against Torino. Zaniolo and Parati were terrific. Um, to score goals, 
It's really all it comes down to it. And they just they, they ran into a terrific Salvatore Sirigu, um, a just as good Nicholas and Kolu. And then when they've got all of that working, uh, Andrea Bellotti getting the goals, he just needs, you know, you got the combination of Nkolu and Sirigu playing well. You need Bellotti to just get one for you, and he got two. Yeah, he was a man on a mission in this match. He, he had so many shots. He may have outshot Roma himself. Uh, he was on a mission to try to score goals, and he came so close so many times. Paul Lopez made some big saves against him. But, yeah, he gets he got his goals, and, and uh, it's good to see El Gallo uh, get on the score sheets and, and rising up on the, in the goal-scoring chart, uh, trying to get back his, uh, I guess, his... There was a time where we thought he was world class, and you know, and then he had last year a big drop off, and so now we're trying to he's trying to get our get our good side again once again. So um, it's important for him if he wants to you know be with the Azzurri going and going forward. So uh, good performance by them. You know, Torino they continue to be one minute they're really really good, especially defensively, and other times they they seem to lose it. If they can figure that out, um, they're gonna they're gonna be challenging for for Europe. But until that happens, they're just gonna be where they are now, and you know great performances like this and then other games that leave you scratching your head Coppa Italia for them uh first here on Thursday against Genoa and then they'll host host Bologna on Sunday which will be a good game um so uh interesting to see you know because we've seen this with Torino they'll have this kind of performance and they'll play really well and they'll play out of their skin against a good team and then they follow that up just by shit in the bed uh, against the next team and it's usually a mid-table or middling side so So Genoa the lose um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Mazzotti does if he decides to play his best team and if he decides to have a go at Coppa Italia or if he decides that, okay, I, you know, not interested in this competition. Um, we'll uh, we'll just worry about, um, you know, Serie A. Uh, so that's, uh, that's interesting in and of itself. So, uh, but we shall see. Um, you know, so Torino, uh, Resolute, defended really, you know, Defended okay. I mean, to defend it okay. And Kolu played well. Uh, JG played well. Uh, Olaina was was good until he was subbed off. Sidigo with seven big saves. And Belotti, uh, two goals, and then he had two other chances that hit the woodwork, as you alluded to. So, you know, very entertaining game overall. And Roma's oh, yeah. going to look at this and saying, hey, on a different day, we get at least a point out of it. Uh, I don't think that there's much to to worry about here as far as Roma is concerned. No, not, not at all. I mean, I... I I do think Chris Smalling's penalty was was blatant and legit, but other than that, I think Roma played very well. Kolarov had many opportunities, and, and like you said, Pellegrini's been having a really good season as well. Uh, Mancini came close on scoring a goal off a, off a set piece. So, um, yeah, I think this is a blip on the radar for Roma. They obviously had just a fantastic run, and that all they got to do now is just pick up where they left off um, on the next game. So we'll see. It's a big game. We'll get to that. Uh, but I, I don't I don't see this as a major problem for Roma. They're... They're they're a good, well-oiled club, and um, yeah, it's good to be in Rome these days. Roma and Atalanta are going to be in a dogfight for that last Champions League spot, the way it's going down at this point. I think Cagliari is going to start to drift off a little. I don't see anyone else really getting ready to make a charge. Um, uh, You know, I don't know if Napoli is going to be able to get it together and put together a run for this. Milan's too far back. Um, That fourth spot's really really looking like it's going to come down to Roma and Atalanta, so... Um, you know, it, 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 and it will be interesting cause they're both embroiled in some big games this weekend. So, uh, that's looking like a seesaw battle, but for now, despite the loss, Roma is fourth, but, uh, Richard will get us into the epiphany games, um, and, uh, discuss those and 
talk a little bit more in detail as to why Roma needs to watch out with that fourth spot. I think the theme of this next batch is goals of the week candidates. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Uh, we're going to start first with uh, Bologna hosting Fiorentina. Uh, this started with a uh, goal of the week candidate by Benassi. Uh, a wonderful volley that hits off the post and goes in. A wonderful strike by Fiorentina, just what they need uh, coming into the new year, trying to really lift themselves up from what, what a horrible for the end of 2019, or really 2019 in general. So one nothing lead there. Uh, that that score would hold for a majority of the game, and in and in Lazio fashion, uh, Ricardo Orsellini uh, finds a way with a goal of the week candidate, a brilliant set piece goal, really from the goal line almost uh, scores short side uh, past Dragowski, makes it one one a late draw uh, to 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 get equal share of the points in that game. Uh, fantastic! That's really a fun game to watch, really, uh, despite the low score line there, one one, uh, and. <laughs> I'm going to spoiler alert for this next game, Atalanta hosting Parma. Every goal is a goal of the week candidate. Uh, Atalanta put on a clinic, and this might one of this might one of their most beautiful performances I've seen goal-wise from them this season. Uh, scoring started early. Uh, wonderful left-footed strike by Papu Gomez in 11th minute. Uh, gave Atalanta lead 1-0 at that point. Remo Froler in the 34th minute made it 2-0 just before halftime. Robin Gossens uh, with a great strike, uh, short side, make it 3-0 at halftime. Uh, coming to the second half, uh, they did not slow down. And Joseph Ilicic wanted to get on the action. He would get a brace. Uh, goal of the week candidate in the 60th minute and then followed that up in the 71st minute as well. Atalanta route Parma 5-0. Huge victory. Uh, a statement game really by Atalanta. Uh, speaking of statement games, Juventus hosting Cagliari. Uh, this would be a, the Cristiano Ronaldo show. He would open the score in the 49th minute with a goal of the week candidate. Uh, 67th minute, he would score on a penalty. Drew uh, Paolo Dybala was uh, tackled in the box. Uh, illegal. Uh, well, well, you know, it was definitely a penalty for there. And Ronaldo stepped up, scores a goal, gets his brace there. And then in the 81st minute, Iguain goal of the week candidate there. Uh, lovely one-on-one move against a defender. Scores the goal. And then to cap it all off, 82nd minute, Cristiano Ronaldo gets his hat-trick. Juventus win 4 nothing at Cali. Big victory for Juventus against a strong uh, European uh, contending squad. Uh, the dud of the weekend, at least at my batch, uh, Milan Sampdoria, it actually was an entertaining game. Uh, we saw the debut of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He came out on the 55th minute for uh, Christoph Piantic. Um, he actually actually performed fairly well in, the, in his in his uh, debut. Um, Milan did you know did share possession um, lines of the, lions edge of the possession, but uh, still could get nothing past uh, the goalkeeper Aduro. Aduro seemed to have everything drawn to his gloves. He was making saves. I think he ended up having eight saves. Frank, you can correct me if I'm wrong. A uh, big game by Aduro in this game. Uh, Sampdoria yep. had their chances as well. Gigi Donnarumma came up big, uh, made a great save uh, with a, a, a chip shot attempt by one of the uh, attackers for Sampdoria. So 0-0 that game. They share the points. Uh, moving on, Lecce hosting Udinese. Uh, this one was a, uh, a little bit of a dogfight. Both teams uh, you know, had their scoring opportunities. Nothing really... Uh, Nothing really great to talk about, but Okaka thought he had a goal, ended up being called back for being offsides. 
Uh, however, Rodrigo de Paul, he would get a goal of the week candidate. Uh, 89th minute, he would get the uh, winner with a lovely um, improvisation off his off his heel and then off his foot. Uh, wonderful juggling ability there by him to score the goal. One one nothing was the victory there for Udinese. They continue to surge up the charts away from the relegation zone. Good for them. And then really, you know, one of the big games of the weekend, Napoli hosting Inter. Many are wondering how Napoli would fare now with uh, Gattuso in a big game like this. How would Inter fare in a, in a big matchup? Well, they they really did uh, show that they were uh, still very serious for that Scudetto. Uh, scoring started early. Goal of the week candidate Lukaku uh, pretty much taking it coast-to-coast, it seemed like, uh, going down the pitch and then scoring a, uh, made a move on the defender and scored a lovely left-footed shot. Uh, one nothing Inter at that point. Uh, in the 33rd minute, Lukaku would get his brace. Uh, another Another great goal there. Napoli would uh, peg one back through Arkadiusz Milik, uh, being assisted by Zelensky there, and, and from goal 2-1 going into halftime. But uh, Inter was just too much for Napoli. Uh, Laturo Martinez in the 69th minute uh, makes it 3-1. That's all the goals in that game. Inter uh, continue holding on to the first spot in the, in the on the table. So a lot of goals in this batch on, on Monday, Frank. Uh, I guess they're... The teams, the teams who scored, uh, I guess, are happy to play on, on Epiphany Day. Um, lots of goals, a lot of beautiful goals in this one. I mean, it's it's going to be hard to pick our goals of the week just because this, this this day alone had every game had at least three or four goals. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of quality performances here. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, in the case of you know, I mean, let's start with the uh, Bologna Fiorentina game. And uh, I'm I'm concerned for I was concerned for how Fiorentina were playing under Ricardo Montalivo. Ricardo Montalivo. Ricardo Montalivo. He played at Fiorentina. He played at Fiorentina. Might as well be Ricardo Montalivo managing the team, but uh, Vincenzo Montella. Um, I don't know where that came from. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, issues. Anyway, (laughs) that's probably what it is. I'm more concerned with Yakini as manager, uh, and I'm not satisfied if I'm a Fiorentina fan with the players that you have in this team uh, to go on the road to the Delata. And I get that, you know, when Bologna are going to throw Orsolini, Soriano, and Sansoni at you, um, you're going to have to be cautious and you're going to have to uh, guard yourself against that, but not to the tune where you let them have the ball for 71% of the game. Um, there's too much talent in this Fiorentina team for that to happen. I mean, Polito has been good on that side on the on the right. Pulgar, uh, you know, is a set piece guy. Dalbert until he got hurt was you know was good, and you know Benassi scored a great goal. It's just almost as if that you know this is Yakini for you though. You'll get the goal and then pack it in. But this team is yep. too talented for that, and so I'm deeply concerned uh, about Fiorentina and how they're going to play. Uh, going forward under Beppe Yakini, so we'll 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 see how this go- we'll see how this happens, um, you know. But obviously, it's it's Bologna's resolve. I mean, and they take on the character of their manager. They keep fighting until they find a way. Um, it was uh, you know Orsolini who ultimately scored, but they all had a role. Soriano, Sansoni, all were were good, and this is the ideal team for Bologna. Um, where you have those three guys, you know, doing the playmaking, keeping the ball, um, you know, and doing a lot of damage for you. And then uh, a player like Palacio who can poach goals based on what those three guys do, um, you know, tends to be probably the best way that Bologna can set up. Yeah. Um, So, you know, an intriguing game and one that personally 
if Fiorentina would have won, they would have stole it. Uh, but um, nonetheless, uh, they get the, you get the Orsolini goal, which is the goal of the week. I mean, Atalanta's just at a gear that is just so fun to watch. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, this is 10-0 against two teams that are, you know, Parma's in seventh and Milan is in 12th at the moment. They were 10th, I think, at the time. Yeah, but 10th at the time. I mean, these are top half teams they're doing this to. This isn't like they're playing the, the bottom of the league and just absolutely ripping people to bit, ripping them to bits. These are, you know, you know, somewhat decent teams. You know, and I, I kind of actually feel a little bit better about Milan losing 5-0 because I, I thought that I thought that Atalanta spanked Parma even harder <laughs> than they spanked Milan. Um, and, you know, had it not been for Sepe, it would have been about seven or eight. You know, at the same time, it had not been for Donnarumma, it would have been it would have been about seven or eight. But the quality of Atalanta's goals and the way they're playing and, you know, the way they're involving things. I mean, this is – I'm having a hard time in the run that Atalanta had been on in the last few years. And this is a crazy thing to say, and this is going to probably be a pretty aggressive take – I am having a hard time finding a better period where Papu Gomez has played better in this run. He's been just, you know, he justifies his place in our squad, if you know He's creating, he's scoring. I mean, another screamer of a goal. Uh, that goal with Froiler was my, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's just, it, it, it's getting better. You know, it's just it's mesmerizing what this guy's doing. He's into his thirties a little bit, and we've got a league where older men are playing well. Uh, but I don't, I can't remember at any point, Richard, um, Papu Gomez playing better in this run, and that's saying a lot because Atalanta has been on a heck of a run here over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, a couple years ago he he was having a better goal scoring output, but I think overall he's playing better this year because the playmaking. Uh, it's just distributing the ball and you know finding Elicic or finding whomever and they're scoring goals. It doesn't matter who he passes to; they're going to score goals. It seems like every person on this team is scoring goals from the front to the back, including the defenders. Um, only person not scoring is a goalie. So, yeah, Papa Gomez, man, he's just dealing at the moment. He is full of confidence. We hopefully for for a neutral standpoint, he can continue that in the Champions League because I want to see him really do this on the European stage and really draw the attention not only to him but to the league. And so. Um, in, would, in, would you say he's the best player in the league right now? Oh, he's up there. I I, I got to give it to Immobile the way he's scoring at the moment. Lukaku's having a fantastic season as well. He's up there though. He's definitely up there. Okay. Um, certainly top five, maybe top three for me. Okay. Uh, but it is that good of a season for him. And uh, man, he is just dealing. He's just so fun to watch right now. And that goal he scored with the left foot—that's his weaker foot. I mean, what a strike! Yeah, set the tone for for what was going to happen to Parma. Oh, yeah you know, the rest of the way. Um, you know, you peel the onion on Juventus and this, okay, on paper, it's a 4-0 win over Caliari and we can say whatever we want about Caliari and um, they struggled. They didn't play particularly well. Juve had way more of the ball. Uh, but for a majority of this game, they were keeping Juve out. I mean, it was nil-nil at halftime. And uh, this uh, Valukovic, uh, who played in the back, uh, who Cagliari got, 19 years old, Polish international. I think this one's. I think he's going to be a pretty good one. Okay, um, you know, that's a lot to ask a 19 year old. And I think that this was his Serie A debut, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was his first start. Yeah, 
here you go, kid. Uh, first start, you go to the J, you got to deal with Ronaldo. All right. <laughs> you know, and for a majority of the game, he did. I mean, Ronaldo's going to get his chances. He's going to shoot and he's going to create. Okay. But I think for a 19 year old, he did as good a job as you can ask. Well, let's watch out for this guy because he's not bad. Okay. I, I, he's going to be a handful against Milan on Saturday if he gets another start. We'll see what, we'll see what Milan does. Klavan was a disaster, and we saw clearly why Klopp doesn't want him, didn't want him at Liverpool. So, I mean, he just not his finest hour uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, so it was a it was a struggle for him. And I mean, the combination of him and Belukovic. I mean, he played a pass that uh, just you know, he never sees Ronaldo. He he tries to pass it to the kid, and Ronaldo just jumps in front of it, and that just sets the tone. And then they get the penalty. Uh, bringing down Dybala in the box, uh, you know, so they score a penalty. And then after that, you know, it's hard for a team to pick themselves up. You're still relatively in it at 2-0 down, but when you're play- when you're 2-0 down at the J, the game's pretty much over. So I can see the level of play from Cagliari just dropped at that point. I'm not discrediting Juventus winning, you know, because they beat a team that's sitting in sixth right now, 4-0. Okay, and that that's fine. That looks great on paper. But, I mean, the nature of how this win developed it was a, a real snowball effect from Cagliari the mistakes finally started to mount up they had Juventus held and then just started shooting themselves in the foot as the game went on and a team with Juve's experience is just going to take advantage do you think I'm playing a little devil's advocate here um yeah they were playing really really well in the first half and up until the first goal do you think it was a it was part of the obviously the big error that led to the Ronaldo goal opening goal that really that really is Juventus putting all the pressure on it and that pressure finally got to Cali or or, or is it more that Cali Cali was just making mistake after mistake and made uh, Juventus look better than they than the performance on the paper? I mean, I think that you know, just you and I have played the game and 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 we can talk about the psychological aspect of the sport. Yeah, you know. When a mistake like that happens, you know, I mean, you know, you're going to have one of two things. Everybody's going to be able to pick themselves up. How do you react? Get back on track. And they did. They responded. They tried going back down the other way, and they they carved a chance out of it from Simeone uh, that was saved by Chesney. Um, you know, but overall, you know, it was it was one of those it's it's one of those deflating moments that you have them. Oh, we're giving up a goal on this. You know, we're not making them earn it. We we kind of yeah. put one on a plate for them. You know, that does get to you a little bit. And I thought that they reacted okay, but then when they gave up the penalty um, and that made it 2-0, I think that took the wind out of Cagliari sales uh, a little bit. You know, yeah. so I, I well, I I credit Juventus because they are the team that is going to take advantage of those situations, and they did exactly that. Yeah. Um, but Olsen looked shaky, too. I mean, Iguain goal was fantastic, but I, I think he should have had that as well as the fourth goal. Uh, I, yeah. Ronaldo, but. I thought both of those were goalkeeping errors, and 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 we've seen Olsen play a lot better this season. We saw Roma Olsen today in those in in those moments, or I mean on Monday. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, th- I think the goalkeeping was relatively poor there because I was looking to see if there were going to be goals of the week candidates out of the Juventus goals, and I just I couldn't get there on any of them. Um, I thought there were some poor things that Cagliari did that helped feed that, uh, but at the same time. You know, Cagliari really didn't help themselves with the way they played. Uh, they didn't keep the ball well. Um, you know, Simeone looked relatively dangerous. I think he carved out a couple of chances, but nothing that, 
you know, terribly threatened Chesney. Chesney wasn't made to do much in this game. So, in fact, just one save. So, um, I would have liked to have seen more from Calgary, considering this was a great opportunity for them to show that, hey, we're here and we're for real. And Yeah, uh, I was disappointed by them. I think they just kind of... They they just kept tripping over themselves and and Juve took advantage. I don't think that this was a a a, a, a blowout in the fashion of how Atalanta blew out Parma. I agree with that. So, um, where else we go? Milan and Sampdoria. I mean, Ibra, Suzo sucks, and <laughs> yeah. and and the sooner Pioli figures this out, the better. Let's see what SofaScore gave him this time. 7. They gave him a 7.6, <laughs> 7, and they gave Chalanolu a 7.7. 7. What the fuck are they watching? Um, pardon me. FIFA. FIFA. Yeah. Uh, Chalanolu had a couple of chances on target. Yeah. Um, and created a couple chances. So. What did they give Zlatan then? A 10? Uh, Zlatan is a substitute. Hang on. They gave him a 7.1. Okay. Well, I, think that's, I think that's fair. Sure. Yeah. For, but Suzo's. They just seem to overinflate Suzo and Chalanolu every time. Suzo, they said, created four chances. You got to show me which ones they were, um, you know, because I didn't see it. Fourteen crosses, but six of them were accurate, and that's the problem with Suzo. He, you know, that's not accurate enough for us. So, you know, you just can keep whipping the ball in the box, but you've got to get more quality service. And Pioli even alluded to it after the game that with Ibra, we've got to get him service. Okay. And we've got to pump balls. Well, you know what? With Piantic, you got to get him service too. Exactly. All right. So it's it's not like all of a sudden just because Ibra shows up, we have this urgency to start crossing the ball more. All right. You know that should have been the case under Piantic, and that hasn't happened. Suzo forces a lot of his, you know, makes a lot of individual errors, makes a lot of unforced errors, and forces a lot of things. We we've said this to death on this podcast and in our social media accounts. Um, you know, so I saw more. I saw I saw more of that in this game. So. We've seen a good a good sampling of Pioli so far under Milan. Are you confident he's going to stay the whole season? Last the whole season? Yeah, because I mean, why would you bring anybody else in to to finish a season? Um, at this point, I mean, what are you? How, <laughs> who are you going to get? I mean, no, that's nobody. That's the other thing. But yeah. this, you know, it's kind of funny. It just, it actually just triggered. It reminded me of something. You know, with the, all these Arnaud rumors. Uh, one of the other rumors is that Pep Guardiola. Uh, he wants Pep Guardiola to be the manager of Milan. So, but that's not going to happen. It's just funny. I, I don't know why I just remember that now. But uh, we we're talking about Pioli and his man. And will he last? I don't know. It does, that's funny. It's not going to happen. But it's just funny that someone actually said that. Anyway, you, you really think Pep wants to coach Suzo? Oh, sorry. And that's not even the best part. It was as Pep and Messi was coming too. So that's that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> who wrote that? That's Milan blog, probably. Oh God. Anyway, oh, but God. yeah, Pioli. Some kid, some kid in their basement, right? Yeah. Some I'm kid, confident. To quote Charles Barkley from NBA on TNT. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Some kid in their basement in their drawers. <laughs> With cookie crumbs all over them. <laughs> Talking about how Arnaud's going to buy Milan and he's going to bring in Guardiola and he's going to bring in Messi. So, uh, but yeah, I I, I mean I think Pioli is, is going to last the whole time, but I, it is worrisome that he's not progressing or stabilizing the ship just yet. Yeah. I mean, give him still give him more time, but I mean, if the team continues to if they dwindle, continue in, in mid table. Um, then he'll probably keep his job. If he if he start flirting with you know relegation like Fiorentina, then maybe there'll be a, a chance for a move. But there's nobody really. Who are you gonna bring in? Yeah. You know. So. Benister was Benister was good. I thought 
I thought he was. I, I, I thought he was good on Monday. Um, you know, helped them keep the ball. I think you know, didn't have a lot of influence going forward, but you know, sat well in the middle of the park and and looked a lot more composed than he's had in recent weeks. He's usually a yellow card waiting to happen, but um, I think in this game he played he played better. So um, I thought you know the defenders the defenders were good. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to say it, but Usakio was somewhat decent too in partnership with uh Romagnoli. I mean yeah, yeah. I mean for 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 Musacchio, good is not committing a penalty or committing a stupid foul. Yes. All right. Just or go the whole game without yeah, go the whole game without doing that and you're good. Um, you know, so another crap on a cracker guy that's trying to play his way out of it. So that's pretty good. So <laughs> um so yeah, but I I just get sick and tired of seeing Suzo seven point six, Chalanu seven point seven from guys that aren't clearly aren't watching this game. You know, they're just tallying up statistics and they're saying, OK, yeah, you, you did all of this. So we'll give you a seven point six. Just come on. Um, so let me ask you on the Sampdoria side. I mean, it's clear that the struggles with Fabio Quadrilla have clearly correlated with Sampdoria's struggles in the table. Yeah, 100 percent. It's uh it's confusing why. I mean, after having such a fantastic year last year, he's just struggling this year. And um, I don't know. I mean, the beginning of the season really didn't make sense because you know, you know, I just I can't figure it out. I don't know. He just maybe he's just in a funk and he can't get out of it. And maybe Ranieri's new system now is um, also not meshing well with what he's trying to get. You know, he's not trying to. He can't figure out what you know Ranieri wants really. So the other players are playing much better. Obviously, they're they're getting their results now. You know, they're, they seem to be drawing every game at the moment, no matter who they're playing. So they're out of the, at least they're out of the relegation fight. But yeah, I mean, when Qualiarella scores goals, they tend to win games, and he's just struggling this year. He doesn't have many. I mean, um, does he even have five goals this year? I mean, let's see, three. He has three in fifteen see, appearances. That's crazy. Last so, year, how many? He almost had. He had twenty something last year. So he was a contender for uh, Capocannieri until he tailed off. No, yeah. he he was the, he, he was a Capocannieri. Excuse it. me. Twenty six, twenty nine, something like that. Excuse me. See, I forgot some things about twenty nineteen too. <laughs> so I I think that Milan were a little fortunate that Gaston Romero's got hurt because he had some influence in this game early on. Um, yeah, and was Aguro, again with a huge game. That's yep. uh, he's a good goalkeeper. I mean, yep. he is he's solid. Yep. So I mean, there's some people who seem to steal games. There are some pieces. Um, Udinese uh, getting that late. I mean, Udinese have now won two straight. They beat Cagliari. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now they've beaten Lecce. Um, and I mean, they're on four out of five unbeaten. They had to draw with Napoli. They beat Bologna. I mean, they, this is a under the radar impressive run by the Friuli that somehow we're not giving a lot of attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the only time we've mentioned them lately is is when we talk about Di Natale being in our team of the decade. Uh, yeah, they've they've had they've performed very well under the new manager. Uh, they're they're quietly out of the relegation zone, which they should be. They, there's plenty of talent on the team. We've talked about that numerous times. But now you know uh, Rodrigo De Paul is is stepping up and getting big goals for them again in this game late late winner, like you mentioned. And um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's a good run. Let's let's see them continue it on and uh, continue upward up the chart. Uh, we we thought this team would be like at least a mid table team this year, and um, they're starting to get some results now. Let's see how uh, the, the the remainder of January pans out. We'll see what you know if they're for real or just a, a, a mini blip on the positive end of the radar for them. And uh, yeah, it should be interesting. 
Luca Gotti, uh, and he is listed as an interim manager at the moment. So, uh, working and, his way into a job. Well, yeah, I mean, since November, I mean, here's his record: nine, played nine, won four, drawn two, uh, lost three. So, uh, you know, in in the two months in charge, at some point, the Pozzo family need to uh, say, okay, this is your gig now. So. <laughs> Um, cause he's gotten a heck of a lot more out of them than any of the other managers. And, uh, you know, we talked about this team being maybe in some relegation trouble and they've worked, they were at, they've worked their way out of it. I mean, they're seven points clear. Uh, they're getting results. I mean, they're still going to have the occasional game where they're going to concede goals. Uh, but sitting here on 21 points is a pretty good spot to be in right now. When you, when you look at things. Oh yeah, for sure. Let you on the other hand are in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean Mancosu, who we love, but I mean, other than that, it, it's pretty. You have to stretch to find someone of of substance. You know, Lapadula every now and then, just for old time's sake, but <laughs> not much there. Winless in four straight. Uh, that was started that 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 uh, three straight defeats. Now uh, lost three nil at Brescia. Um, you know, lost at home to Bologna, lost at home to Udinese. They traveled to Parma on Monday, uh, the 13th, uh, and then uh, they host Inter. Then they travel to Hellas Verona. They host Torino at Napoli. I don't, I don't see a win in any of those games for them. You know, I think that they've gotten. I think under, I think, I think they've run their course here under Livrani, in my opinion. I don't know if Livrani is going to get sacked over this, but I can't find the win in any of these upcoming five games uh, i can't either and you know bless their fans for continuing to come out to the matches but man it's uh it'll be tough going for lecce and maybe they're maybe they 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 know this is just a, a one hit wonder for them and coming in syria and they they, they know they're going to go back down afterwards but who knows um the performances of late they had a good really good run uh towards the end of the end of the fall but yeah, they're coming back down to ground really hard and uh, four winless in four now. That's like you said, that's uh, not a good sign for a team. You want sometimes when you when these teams go these runs and they're and they're at the bottom of the table, you want to see some kind of spark out of them that maybe okay, there's a chance that they can get out. You see nothing from this team, right? And that's the worrying worrying worrisome part. And like we said earlier, they they look like they're a certain almost to go down at this point. Um, Napoli and Inter uh, wrapped it up. I mean, right now. I think this is a work in progress under Gattuso and uh, yeah. De Laurentiis is clearly going to be patient with him, but you know, at what point, and maybe there's a, maybe Dries Mertens isn't getting all of this pitch time because they're trying to figure out how life is going to be without him uh, with his contract coming up with his contract expiring. I mean, talk about inter Roma and possibly even Juventus monitoring him at the end of the season, arriving at any of those clubs on a free uh, because I believe his contract expires at the end of the season. Um, there's obviously going to be clubs abroad that are possibly going to take an interest in him as well. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens for a guy that has regularly been scoring goals in Serie A to be frozen out of a team that's struggling to score goals, whether it's Ancelotti or whether it is Gattuso. Um, it's interesting to me. Um, but we knew that Milik would be the striker because Gattuso wants a focal point, you yeah. know, he did that with Milan with Bleh Kalinic and then you know Piontic <laughs> after that and um you know Iguain obviously 
So he wants that reference and he wants that focal point. So Mertens can't play there. You know, you got to play Insigne. I, I said to Rafa when we did the podcast, when I did the podcast on Far From Vesuvius, I said to him, I said, if Catuso does this right, he could create something very, very fascinating with Mertens playing to the right of Milik and letting Callejon drop into kind of a playmaking role in that three-man midfield um, where you've got Ruiz and, and Allen rounding that out. Um I'd still like to see that. I don't know if Catuso is going to try it, but I mean, I, I, you know, I get it. Inter's very good, okay, and Inter's going to challenge Juventus all the way to the wire for the title. Uh, so maybe this isn't a maybe this isn't the performance to judge Catuso on. But at some point, Catuso's got to learn how to win games like this. Um, and this is something that we always kind of got critical of him at uh, at at Milan. But you know, the combination. Is he playing the right system, and is he playing the right guys in that system? I think he is playing the right system. I just don't think he's playing the right guys. I mean, obviously with Merton's out, um, maybe maybe they are trying to see what life is like going to be without him. But at the moment, you have him there, and he's not. And he wants to be. There, he wants to be there at the at present. So use him to your advantage. Obviously, you if you want to keep Milik, that's fine. But you know. It seems Insigne is struggling a lot. Maybe you should put him on the bench and, and bring on Mertens or find some way to get all of them in there. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me that your best player is not on the pitch. Um, and he's, like you said, he's a proven goal scorer with them. Uh, he, he can also be playmaker, not only goal scorer. So uh, they just got to put the right pieces on the pitch. I think the system is right. They're, they're used to the 4-3-3. They feel comfortable like that. Just get the right pieces out there. That means there's more practice. And hey, yes, Inter is a very good team. You could chalk it up as a blip on the radar, but you, at some point you need to get it get it going. It did. They didn't look like themselves. Like typically, even if they if they when they're struggling, they tend to boss possession and, and really control the games. Inter really controlled this game. They look like they were the the far superior team in this one. So um, maybe it's just a blip on the radar because you 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 played a better team. But uh, I'm curious how the next games will go. Uh, with Napoli, it, it is a little worrisome if you're a fan that you know things continue to struggle with them, and you know maybe Inchalati was a problem, maybe maybe not, maybe it's the players. Who knows? Whatever it is, they got to figure it out if they if if they want any kind of hopes for European play next year. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have Koulibaly, so they had to patchwork the defense. I mean, it showed. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, if you know you're fucked. Why don't you just play center backs? Why don't you just play Luperto, okay, or or, or, or Tonelli uh, with Manolas? I mean, to put Di Lorenzo out of position and have him play center back, and then you trot out Elside Husai. I mean, this was just you looked at this lineup and you said this is a disaster waiting to happen. I, how does this, how how does this have any earthly chance of winning against Inter? Um, you know, with those two with those two strikers, uh, Lukaku and, and Lotaro. Um, and they got they got picked apart, and properly so. I mean, I can't tell you that Luperto would have been an improvement, but you at least have somebody that's in a natural position. You can play, you know, Di Lorenzo at, at the right back position and let him deal with Biragi coming forward on crosses or, uh, you know, runs to the corners by Lotaro and in a position where it feels more natural to him than to stick him in the middle with Manolas. And, um, you know, I think that those were some of the problems, and those are some – those were the things that compounded. Now, having said that, Di Lorenzo wasn't particularly terrible having to deputize as a center back. Um, you know, I think that a lot of this was plagued by the fact that Husay and Manolas were just dreadful. Um, but, 
you know, that's not his position. I would much rather just put DiLorenzo where he's been where he's been good and take your chances on a on a on a Lorenzo Tonelli or a uh um a Sebastiano Luperto, uh, for example. So, you know, and give those guys the run and you know, hopefully you, you create something. So that's maybe where I'm critical uh, of Catuzo in this game. Um, uh, you know, as for Inter, uh, I mean, what else? What can you say? What a performance from them again. Um, yeah, they let Napoli have more of the ball. Uh, Napoli generated more of the chances. Uh, but it was a classic Inter game where they could counter and beat you and go the other way. Romelu Lukaku was a beast in this game. Uh, you had a great goal from Lautaro Martinez. Not a great goal, but you had a goal from Latoro Martinez. Brozovic just owned the middle of the park in this game. I mean, a, just a, a a Conte-esque performance uh, from this Inter team and players that are really settling to their roles under him. Yeah, this team is uh, continuing, you know, putting up big performances, good performances against uh, their opponents, no matter who it is. Uh, Lukaku, I mean, what, what more can you say? He's been a fantastic addition to Serie A this year with all the goals he has. If it wasn't for Immobile, he would probably be my MVP pick uh, for the season. Him and uh, The partnership between him and Martinez uh, is just so fun to watch when they're out there. They just seem to know where each other's going to go, and they feed off each other so well. Plus, the rest of the team in midfield are finding these guys no matter what. These guys, uh, they're, they're all playing for each other. They're playing for their manager um, and playing for their city. So, uh, Inter look like a legit contender for the Scudetto this year. And, you know, hey, somebody has to push Juventus, right? Uh, I, I don't care who it is at the moment, whether it's Inter or anybody else, but um, the way they're playing on the pitch, they, they are deserving to be where they're at at the moment. And um, it's, it's, it's great to see them, you know, go punch for punch with Juventus. And Juventus went big, they went big. Uh, so uh, hopefully they can keep this up. Uh, Pazza Inter is still lurking out there, you know, from history. So let's see how the next month or two go because that tends to be the the worrisome time for them. But at the moment, they seem to be playing very, very well, and I, I'm enjoying watching them play. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, it's just again another one where it's just going to go totally down to the wire uh, with um, with Inter, Juve, Lazio still in the conversation, and I don't think we can talk about anybody else at this point. So uh, as far as Scudetto challengers. But uh, nice to see that 18 games in, we've got a race on our hands, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Teams winning, playing well, winning in a variety of ways. It was a you know a, a great match week here uh, in Serie A um, here for match week 18. All right, goals of the week, <laughs> plenty to pick from. Yeah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> you could almost say uh, any. The top five goals are all the goals from the Atalanta match, but I'm not going to as much as I wanted to. Uh, my honorable mentions, I'm going to go Lukaku's first goal was honorable mention for me. Uh, DePaul's uh, winner, Ilicic's second goal, Robin Gosen's uh, goal are my honorable mentions. Some of my top five, Remo Freuler, number five. Number four, Papu Gomez. Number three, Banassi from Fiorentina. Number two, Ilicic volley. I mean, what a strike. <laughs> I mean, I came out of my seat when I saw that goal. And then Orsolini, I mean, his free kick uh, was number one for me. At that angle, that power, the placement, I mean, wow, what a goal by him. So that's my top five. He, uh, Orsolini's an honorable mention for me. Um, oh, wow, okay. I, I just couldn't, uh, just, just barely couldn't get him in there. Uh, some other honorable mentions for me are um, Ilicic's second goal. Uh, I thought was an honorable mention. Um, also, uh, 
I thought Belotti's goal uh, for uh, his 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 goal on the run of play, uh, one of those just really nice goals where he gets the ball. You know, defenders get a, get far more cautious of the the players that are making runs around him, and they give him the space, and he just takes it and he takes it really well. So, you know, those kind of get into the honorable mention. Lukaku's first is an honorable mention for me too. A man's goal, I think. You know, Lukaku and Orsolini's goal would make a bunch of other top fives. It just happened I found five that are better than those this week. So okay. Um, okay. number five, I'm going to go with DePaul's winner um, against Lecce. An important goal and a very well-struck one. Uh, so he makes number five for me. Uh, number four, Benassi, great strike for Fiorentina. He just That's how he scores goals for the for the Viola. Uh, and then uh, Atalanta on the top three. Uh, Remo Freuler uh, in at number three. Papu Gomez with number two. And Nadia Lichichvalli for me uh, was the goal of the week, uh, clearly. So uh, so that's where I'm going for five down to one. It was all about Atalanta. And then I will just segue that into winners and losers. Winners, Atalanta. I mean, 10-0 over two games. I mean, that's just you, – you expect that from Manchester City. You expect that from Barcelona. You expect that from, from teams like that. And now here come Atalanta, and they just have absolutely run riot over the course of 180 minutes. Um, you know, certainly the, the clear winner for me uh, in, this, uh, in, this, in this week. And then the uh, loser for me is going to be Fiorentina. And I'm, I keep dogging them, but, I mean – I didn't like how it was looking under Montella, and I and I and I hate it even more now under Yakini. There's too much quality for them to play the way that they're playing, as I said earlier, and uh, hopefully they're going to be able to snap out of this. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I hate to pick on them every week, but it seems like they're they're only doing it to themselves, right? So, right. Um, my winners and losers. My winner is actually going to be. Um, Pandev's face, no, uh, Genoa for finding a way to win the game. Uh, Sassuolo gave it to them. They thought, you know, Sassuolo nearly had a game winner, uh, but you know, Genoa kept pressing on. You know, despite the difficult circumstances that they're in, they found a way to win. They get the, they get the three points in that one, which is great for them in their relegation um, fight that they're in. And then my loser of the week, I'm going to go with Cagliari. Uh, I expected a lot more against Juventus. Yes, Juventus is, is a better team, but. Cagliari has been playing very well this season, and they came out of the break uh, flat-footed, really, and uh, very, very poor performance. You know, they obviously gave away some goals to to Juventus, which is never good. Robin Olsen didn't play well at all. Um, I expected a close game. I, you know, I did expect Juventus to win, but I, I, was, I was hoping maybe a very close game, and it just turned out to be uh, a runaway by Juventus. And so, yeah, I'm disappointed by their performance. Yeah, it's uh, it's the way it is. So. I, uh, you know, it's just the way, you know, Cali, yeah, Cali was just crap. I mean, but, uh, so it was Parma. So maybe they just decided to just spend another week on Siesta. Who knows? So that was, uh, match week 18 goal of the week candidates, uh, winners and losers go and tell us what you think at Serie A sit down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, let's chat a little transfer rumors. Okay, uh, Richard, I mean, it's the silly season here. Right? we got a one-month window. Teams are going to make some uh, uh, some changes here um, as as the uh, window has opened up. We already know uh, Dejan Kulishevsky, uh the rich get richer. He's going to Juventus. He's been owned by Atalanta on loan at Parma, uh, you know, played like Atalanta owned him uh, literally and figuratively in that lost Atalanta. By the way, he was terrible. <laughs> um, 
And I think it's just, I mean, he's coming into money and maybe <laughs> I hope this is not the start of him saying, Hey, I know where I'm going next. And, uh, I just hope this was a bad day for him. Just that was one, something we just didn't cover in the Atalanta Parma game. I maybe expected a little bit more from him in that game. Um, but he joins Juve, um, or he'll be joining Juve in the summer. Uh, he is officially owned now by Juventus. He's on loan with Parma for the rest of the season. Uh, very interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, Genoa, as we mentioned, Mattia Perin is on loan from Juve. Uh, started and won for Genoa, uh, so he immediately stepped in uh, for Ionet Radu. Um, and then Valon Berami, also on a free. Uh, he was actually not even working. <laughs> so... Uh, and all of a sudden just uh, came out of uh, retirement or you know came out of whatever he was doing and is now playing for Genoa and came on as a substitute. So uh, so those were key. And then uh, obviously Zlatan arriving at Milan. So those are the biggest ones that um, have taken place and really the only ones that have taken place. A couple of smaller ones. Uh, looks like uh, a, a reserve goalkeeper for Cagliari is out to Olbia on an undisclosed and then uh, Gabriele Moncini from Spal uh, headed to Benevento for a small fee. Yeah, I don't know who he is either. So, um, any thoughts to uh, what's transpired so far? Very early in the window, and a lot's going to be bandied about here uh, as uh, as we go. Yeah, uh, more more talking points coming from the rumors as opposed to what actually has happened. Uh, Juve did some good business by getting obviously getting the young starlet uh, and Kulishevsky. And then letting him go back to Parma for the remainder of the season. He's obviously doing well there, so let him stay there. Uh, hopefully, like you said, he doesn't you know, think he's got the money now and, and ignore his play because I'm sure they can cancel that contract real quick. Uh, but you know, keeping him at Parma, let him you know, uh, soar with Gervinho and Inglese and the rest of the guys uh, is a really good move by Juventus and you know, pick him up next year. Kind of what Juventus did with our Napoli did with Kawame, uh, though he's not doing as well this year with, uh, with Genoa. So um, Zlatan back. We'll see what he does. He's he's what thirty eight years old. I mean, I'm sure he's better than most thirty eight year olds, but uh, still, it's uh, we'll see what he can provide. The Milan certainly need uh, the scoring ability. We'll see if that happens. Um, some some interesting news that I actually just saw that is uh, I guess it's kind of a transfer rumor, but it, uh, not even a transfer. It's what it is is uh, Roma legend Daniele De Rossi announces his retirement from football. Yeah. Uh, 36 years old, announced his decision on Monday in a press conference, uh, bringing in his six-month loan spell with Argentina, Argentina's side, Boca Jr. So uh, defensive midfielder finally hangs it up, but we kind of saw the writing on the wall the last couple of years here uh, that he was in Serie A. It didn't quite have the legs anymore. Uh, you know, still had the passion, obviously, but um, yeah, great career for him. You know, we, we mentioned him in our team of the decade as far as the snubs, but, you know, he was obviously worthy I worthy to be mentioned in that list. So, uh, you know, great player that uh, finally hangs up his boots. And, um, yeah, good for him. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Good for him. Uh, con- you know, congratulations on um, a great career. Um, almost all of it with the Giallo Rossi and then that brief uh, stint with Boca Juniors. Um, you know, had a good blend of skill to him. I mean, he just uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. box-to-box guy. I mean, obviously very early in his career – uh, ventured forward a lot more, uh, hung back a lot more later in his career. It's just, you know, it's the, uh, the basketball player that, you know, very early in his career is young is going to attack the basket and drive the hoop. And the older they get, the more they work on their jump shot kind of thing. So, um, you know, 
if you want to make any kind of sport comparisons to to Daniele De Rossi, but represented Roma and represented the Azzurri with the utmost professionalism. Um, you know, a good blend of of technique and combativeness um, that you don't see a whole lot of in today's game. Uh, but, uh, you know, good for him and uh, all the best. Maybe management is in his future. We'll see what uh, we'll see what the future holds for him. Um, some rumors that we can talk uh, uh, talk yeah, about. Yeah. Here. Um, Christian, Eric, saw- Christian Erickson possibly to enter uh, yes. in the summer when his contract expires. How many more in- how many more midfielders do Inter need? Um you know, I also heard Ashley Young's name mentioned with Inter as well. <laughs> yep, Ashley Young. Matteo Darmian has been linked with Inter as well uh, to come over from Parma. Uh, so a lot of names getting linked to Inter. Um, you know, a lot of that having to do with the ownership group and Antonio Conte going crazy and wanting new players. You know, pre- pre- practically wanting a squad overhaul ba- basically every season. That's what Inter's going to learn with this guy. Yeah. Um, you know, Manchester United targeted Adrian Rabio and Emery Chan. They are not leaving Juve in January. Um, Andreas Christensen is being spied by AC Milan as an alternative as an alternative to to Debo. Uh, it sounds like things are stalling a little bit uh, with Barcelona for the uh, the young center back. Uh, so Christensen could be seen as the Plan B. <clears throat> I, how do you feel about that as a Milan fan? He's a good talent. Uh, whether he, they're going to be able to get him is another question. Uh, I would think he'd want to play Champions League football, and um, going to Milan at the moment doesn't seem like it's gonna that would pan out. But uh, I, I certainly like him as a as a as a youngster. Uh, I've seen him play for for many years now, and he he's a good quality back. He was at one point, you know, supposed to be the next big thing as far as defenders go, and so uh, maybe he can have resurgence uh, with Milan and get back on track to where uh, his potential was uh, originally. So. Uh, yeah, I would take it if it happened, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. Yeah, certainly in the back of the pecking order with <clears throat> of, of center backs at Chelsea. We're talking about Christensen, right? Okay. He's found his way in the back of the pecking order over at Chelsea. Um, but, uh, yeah, a, one of those situations where a, uh, a new place and a fresh start could probably be good for him. Uh, Did you hear uh, Aston Villa put in a $30 million bid for Piontek? Good. <laughs> I'd be sad. I mean, I'd be sorry to see him go, but I mean, it just it's they paid for four, and if they could get thirty million for him, they get most of that transfer fee back from when they bought him from Genoa, and that's fine. That that's you know you can call that five million, that extra five million a depreciation. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you know if they can do that, and and if and if they can get that money um, from Villa, now the story is is that that would happen, and then Patania would come to Milan uh, from Spal. Uh, that that's that's another thing that is being floated out there, and uh, I just don't see how that works. I know Patania played in the youth system at Milan, and uh, you know, and came up through there. I just I'm not sure how that works out uh, yeah. with with Patania's style and the players around him. So he would certainly be a backup to Ibrahimovic, and it, it would tell me that Milan are all in on Ibra uh, at, at 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 age 38 and. Uh, hopefully they know what they're doing and hopefully that, you know, the, the old man can hold up. Cause let's remember, I mean, father time beats everybody. So yeah. Cutrone still kind of a thing with, uh, Fiorentina, uh, remains to be seen, uh, whether it would happen. Um, and, uh, that's about 
that's probably the uh, the 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 bulk of the rumors that have been going on that are of note at this point. So, um, you know, we shall see what happens. I think another one is talked to another talking. This goes in. Juventus says that they're not moving on, or they're not going to loan him. They're not going to sell him. He's not leaving Juve for any reason. But Rabiot is not going anywhere. But Everton has also been linked for a loan uh, for uh, for Rabiot to go play for Don Carlo over there at Goodison Park. So we'll see. I mean, those are some of the rumors that, you know, are probably the most noteworthy at this point. We'll see what actually hits. So uh, any thoughts to any other any other rumors? No, I heard uh, Atalanta maybe in the market to get, try to get Caldado back. We'll see if that happens. But he's been an injury plague since he went to Milan, so maybe he just needs a new fresh start. As yeah. much as I'd love to see him pan out, I don't, I don't, he's an injury plague at the moment. needs a new fresh start. They haven't needed defenders the last couple of games, but I'll tell you when push comes no. to shove, they've really had struggled. The, the center backs for Atalanta have struggled in tighter game in tougher games. So, and against some of the big level opponents, be it in Europe or be it in Serie A. So, yeah, uh, that is a position that they do need to strengthen. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, your thoughts on the transfer market and the silly season in January? Go to at City I sit down on Twitter or Instagram. We're going to finish this up with a preview of this weekend's games. Well, Richard, it's not often we preview the following weekend's games here on City I Sit Down, but uh, there's four that grab our attention. Um, the top six all in big games. Uh, you have four versus uh, two. You have uh, one versus, or yeah, you have four hosting two on Sunday in Roma and Juventus. Uh, first place Inter and really first place on goal difference. Uh, hosting Atalanta in fifth, eleventh uh, or twelfth place Milan traveling to sixth place Cagliari. Kind of a key game if Milan have any faint hopes of snatching sixth and, and snatching a European place. And then uh, Lazio and Napoli. Uh, if Napoli have any prayer of getting back in the Scudetto race, they are going to need this game at the Olimpico uh, on Saturday against a just informed Lazio side, uh, as we've been discussing. So let's start. With the first game on Saturday, Cagliari and Milan, uh, Cagliari just got thumped. They're going to probably look at this and say, hey, we just made some mistakes and this game snowballed on us. But the the comfort of playing at home on the island, a tough test for anybody. Um, I think this goes 1-1. I think that Milan will carve a point out of this. I think they're going to grow with a little more confidence with, with Ibrahimovic up front. And I think that the players around him are going to try are going to play with more confidence, too. And I, I see them being able to get a point out of this and finally a goal, too. Yeah, I think you know, Galliari should be the favorites in this one, being at home and, you know, being a better squad this season. But I, 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 I too, feel that Milan are going to scratch their way and get, get a draw on this one. Uh, it would be a low-scoring game. One-one is a great shout. I think you're not going to see too many more goals unless Nyangolan pulls something out of the out of his back pocket again. Um, it should be a, very, a fairly even contest, really, and uh, we'll see uh, maybe a progression with uh, more game time for Ibrahimovic. We'll see how that pans out and how do how do Cagliari react after the thumping they got from Juventus. So uh, I expect them to be much much better than they did again than they were at the J. I look for Jao Pedro to be a handful for Milan too. Yes, yes. Um, I and think he always is against them. Yeah, he came on as a substitute against Juve. Uh, he's not coming. He, he will start uh, on Saturday. I fully expect Milan will insert him into the lineup. And again, the uh, the youngster Velukovic, I, 
liked what I saw from him for the most part, except for how things snowballed on him and, and the team in the second half. So, uh, but one, one there, Lazio Napoli. I, why do I get this weird feeling that Napoli's going to win this game? I just feel like that Gattuso's <laughs> trolling us, that Napoli's trolling us, and you know Lazio is gonna slip here. I just—it's just one of those weird things. I don't look. Lazio should win this game. I mean, if they're this good and they're a Scudetto contender, and if you really want to put Napoli away, but this is a Napoli is going to be desperate, and they're going to need these three points, especially after losing at home against Inter. Gattuso is going to have to come up with the right mix and shuffle because if he plays with this back four again against Inter, like he did against Inter, forget it. But if the team uh, looks a little bit better for this this go around going to Lazio, I think that they're capable of pulling a shock. I mean, they still got the quality. I mean, there's there's oh, no sure. questioning yeah, yeah. that. And I feel like at some point Lazio. We're going to have this. We're, we're going to get to where, okay, you've arrived, and then we're going to forget how desperate Napoli is. I feel like Napoli is going to win this. I, I, I'm i going for them to go on the road and shock Lazio 2-1. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a good shot. Yeah, it, they certainly have the talent to, to compete in this one and get the win. Um uh, I'm not as confident as you are. I mean, I'd love to be. Oh, I'm not confident. That. I'm not confident. But I'm saying <laughs> I'm going to put myself out there and say that they're going to shock Lazio. Jerry's going to be pissed. And. You know, but I just I've got this this gut feeling that this is going to be one of those where Napoli find a way to get three points that, you know, maybe kickstart Catuso's run there at Napoli. So we'll see. But go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I gave up trusting my gut years ago because I, I realized I got my gut. I have shit for brains for more my gut. So anyway, um, I would I'm gonna go. <laughs> I feel comfortable that Lazio are gonna make this a a, a, a statement game in this one and kind of have a similar result to to enter and come out with three one victors something like that. Um, I think that they're the way that they're playing, you know, with each other, the way they're passing each, passing amongst each other with whether it's you know SMS to to Luis Alberto or Correa or whomever, they all are, they just know where each other are and they're playing so well, they're playing for each other. I really like where Lazio is at the moment and, you know, hey, I could be wrong and Napoli win this game and that's great, uh, but I, I just have a, a, I have a strong feeling that Lazio are just going to make a, a statement in this game and say that they're really, you know, they're really there trying to get in the top three or even higher this year and we'll, well, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a fun game no matter what. Yeah, for sure. Um, Inter and Atalanta. Oh, get oh, put up. buckle up. Oh. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be zero zero because because we we're expecting goals galore. It's going to be just like the Inter Roma game a few weeks yes, ago that I thought yes. would just be an absolute goal fest. They just blasted all over the place and they end up nil nil. No, I I I think goals are going to happen in this game. I think that the Atalanta center backs do get exposed in this one and give up a couple goals. Atalanta not necessarily as good on their travels. Um. You know, granted, they did go and had to win at Shakhtar to qualify for the next stage of the Champions League, and that's what they did. Uh, but, you know, generally speaking, when you look at Atalanta, and I'm going to just peek at this real quick. Um, bear with me. But when you look at Atalanta, I think there's more struggles with them away. And against a inter team that is going to be more than happy to let them come forward. Actually, when you look at their away form, it's actually pretty good. Uh, Definitely, they're a home in European competitions at Milan, right? <laughs> yeah, they're they're four. They actually have the fourth best away record: uh, five wins, three draws, one losses. So, forgive me. They scored twenty goals in those nine games too. So, it's not like that they're afraid. Uh, 
But you look at Inter at home, they don't give up a lot. You know, so I look for this to be the classic, you know, Atalanta will see a lot of the ball and that back three is going to get exposed. They're going to get countered by the likes of Lataru Martinez and Romelu Lukaku. I think this is going to be a bigger game for Martinez and it's going to be for Lukaku uh, on the Inter side. Uh, But I think there's enough in Atalanta's locker to draw this game. 2-2 is where I'm going. I better not be disappointed. I want to sit. I want to sit. I'm going to be. I'm going to be laid up. I'm going to be just a day removed from knee surgery, and I'm going to have nothing better to do than to have this game on and uh, be dialed in. And uh, I better not be disappointed. Conte Gasparini, you better not let me down. So that means they're going to let you down. <laughs> oh yeah, they're going to let me down. I, I fully expect you, like you said, Atalanta to have the lion's share of the possession because I think that's going to feed right into what Conte wants. Um, if Conte, Conte is going to be organized defensively against Atalanta, he needs to be to have any chance of not getting dismantled by Atalanta's juggernaut at the moment. Um, I think they're going to load that midfield up and kind of really kind of um, make it a trudge, make it a war in the middle there. And then I think it's going to be very, very tight. I would love to see goals in this game, but I'm, I'm, unconvinced, I'm unconvinced that Inter is going to give up that many goals. I would love to see something like a 3-3 or something like that. I'm going to go, I'm going to say it's going to be a very tight game and Somehow, I like I like your shot about Martinez being 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 instrumental for Inter. Um, I could see like a two one victory for 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 Inter in this one. I think it's a low scoring game. Um, I, I would love to see Atalanta make a, get a two one victory or something like that. But I, I think Conte this is right up Conte's alley. A team that has uh, lots of possession, lots of attacking power. He's gonna use that against them and and clog up the midfield and counter on them. So yeah, close low scoring game. But I think Inter just squeak out. Sure, sure, okay. Uh, and then finally on Sunday, Roma hosting Juve. Um, Roma did everything right except score goals on Torino. Uh, Juve opportunistic in a 4 0 win, uh, more than they were dominant. Um, you know, we had the Ronaldo hat trick, and you know, I may have may have taken the shine off of all of that, but uh, I look at this one and I think that. You know, I asked the question on Twitter. I said, is Saudi ball hit Juventus? But I only asked that just because they won 4-0. I mean, you'd take the deeper dive and you see what happened. And, you know, Caledi made the mistakes that helped Juventus get to that point. You look at Roma. You you look at a team that's going to generate some chances. They're going to put some pressure on this Juventus defense. And they're going to make this interesting. And I think they're going to score. However, um, I think they Juventus are equipped to ask some serious questions of this Roma defense. Uh, and I think they will ask those questions and I think that they will get the answers, uh, whether it's Ronaldo, whether it's Dybala, uh, whether it's Iguain. Um, I think you got some combination of them up front. Uh, I, I see Juve going on the road and winning 2-1. So when we're at the end of this weekend, Juventus is going to take over the uh, top of the table over Inter if I've put this together correctly. Uh, but I, I think that Juve resourced their way to a two-one win here. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really great shout. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a big test for Smalling and Mancini in this one, uh, going against Ronaldo, DiBala, um, Iguain, and whomever else starts. If Diego Costa is there, you know, whoever, uh, it doesn't matter. In, in, uh, Juve have a lot of firepower, and and those two center backs are going to be seeing a lot of those guys. Um, it, it'd certainly be an interesting one. I, I Roma can certainly you know tackle or, uh, or give something to Juve's defense and give him a, give him a threat. But 
uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be a very tight game. I think. Um, I think if I think Roma are will be lucky if they walk away or out of this with a draw. And I'm gonna say, you know, after that last performance against uh, Torino, they should be up for. They need to be. They better be up for this game. You know, you're going against the the, the reigning champions. Um, I say it's gonna be very close. I want to say Juve is gonna win, but I'm gonna go with the draw. One one. Okay. All right. One one's fair. Um, everybody else's predictions. Tell us uh, what you think. Four big games on the docket here in Serie A. At Serie A, sit down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, only one Coppa Italia round of 16 game on Thursday. Torino and Genoa, as we alluded to, Richard. Um, yeah. And then uh, the following after this weekend's games, you've got now let's break down this round of 16. So Torino, Genoa, you've got Napoli on Tuesday, the 14th. It'll be Napoli hosting Perugia. Uh, Lazio hosting Cremonese. Cremonese is back in our lives uh, on the 14th. Man, it's been decades since I've had to talk, had that name come up. Um, uh, And then also on the 14th, Inter hosting Cagliari. That's probably the marquee game of the Tuesday slate. On Wednesday, the 15th, uh, the all Serie A teams are involved. Fiorentina is hosting Atalanta. Milan is hosting Spal. Uh, Juventus is hosting Udinese and then Parma is hosting Roma. So that's something to uh, look ahead to in the next week. So, uh, any quick thoughts on the Torino Genoa cup game? Going to really, I mean, cup games are interesting and it's going to, it's going to be a matter of where these coaches ambitions are. I can't see Nicola putting out a strong lineup for Genoa. Um, no, no, they got to be focused on staving off uh, relegation this season. Yeah, so I see um, Torino will get the win there, in my opinion. So yeah, they should. I agree. And the, 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 both teams put out their B lineups. You would think Genoa would be at a disadvantage at this one. Yeah, I think I got I got like Torino just a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, so we'll put a bow on this edition of Serie A. Sit down, Richard. Anything uh, you want to plug? Um, no, not really. I mean, just obviously the YouTube page, uh, and, you know, give that a follow, give it a, give it a like, uh, as well as, uh, on this follow us on Instagram as well. And then, uh, obviously if you haven't done so yet, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Yep. Uh, I'm at FTC underscore 21 on Twitter. Give me a follow there. Um, also, uh, it is, uh, City I sit down on Apple podcasts, Hey, I got that right the first time hey. this time. All right. Uh, we have our own channel there. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. Uh, we can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, just about anywhere podcasts can be found. We will be there. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll also plug the uh, YouTube page. Check us out there. Uh, a little nugget. Richard and I, will. Uh, we're going to record ourselves. We're going to do video recording uh, on, on these podcasts. Uh, uh, podcast recordings and maybe send out little snippets and little teasers of what we're talking about uh had you know what we might even do you know the the, the meal on weekly pod guys do this we could do a live uh youtube yeah. recording too yeah so that's something we should probably take in take into consideration and do i'd have to clean up the area that i we're gonna scare a lot of people but hey <laughs> sure that's <mate. laughs> uh, that's all right um, so that's something that you can be on the lookout for something we may do and, and just have it be live and maybe have it be interactive where uh, people can uh, check in with us and ask questions too. So, um, that would be, uh, be an interesting thing to take on. So that's something that might be on the horizon, be on the lookout. We'll give everybody notice when we do it. Um, City I sit down at City I sit down on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram. Go there with your comments or thoughts, uh, future topics you want us to cover on podcasts, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but in the meantime, keep listening. Uh, we thank you uh, 
for once again taking the time to listen to us and uh, hopefully we gave you some good knowledge about the uh, Calcio on the Peninsula. Uh, this is Serie A Sit Down, a podcast of World Football Index. For Richard, I'm Frank. And as always, make sure you're telling your paisans about us. Ciao.